Hey, welcome. It's uh, the journey again. You were going to say Friday night. I was going to say Friday night. <laughs> it's Monday. Just let me post this. One, two more places. Boom. Boom. Everybody should be sharing because sharing is caring. No, it's good. It gets out to people then. And it's important that people get to uh, come on either while we're live or post after the fact. Which we will be finished in about the one minute. All right, there we go. So everybody had time to share, hopefully. So we're back. <clears throat> we had one week there, we were away, so we posted a short one so people could uh, check out uh, short video mm -hmm. and see us yeah so we're back tonight um with uh the eye of love the mystery of seeing and being able to share uh some stuff tonight to encourage people and to uh, stir things up mm -hmm. it's always good to stir up the pot isn't it you need to be stirred all the time that's it it's like i used to say or if you don't stir the pot yeah it settles in the bottom Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you want it to settle. You want to be stirring it constantly. That's right. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so I guess I should give us a quick, uh, let's see here. YouTube channel. www.youtube.com forward slash capital G Grace and capital T Truth and capital J, capital B, Brown. If you want to be able to go to the YouTube page and to be able to watch uh, live or previous podcasts that we've done, we have a whole catalog there for people to enjoy. And our website is www.hcm-strafford.org. And in the near future, it will also be .com. I'm working on that now. It's not finished yet, but I'm working on it so that it'll get more range to people out there. So um, this takes you to the website. You'll be able to check out a little bit about who we are as HCM The, HCM the Journey and also uh, some of the different things that uh, are there to check out. Everything from audio podcasts to video podcasts to... Uh, some things to read about us and uh, to know more about it. So, also, if you want to donate to be able to help support what we're doing here, you can go to uh, the website and there will be a PayPal button to donate and it goes through a, a safe and secure um, link that brings it right into Highlands, into the bank. Right. So... That's there, and at this point, you will still be tax receipted. But um, we're just looking into all those things right now as we're doing a bit of a transition uh, that we're kind of excited about. So um, we'll let you know in the near future about that. But right now, that's how you donate, and that's how you keep us live here mm -hmm. on Monday night. <laughs> Not Friday night, right? Right. 
There you go. Used to be. Used to be Friday nights. Yeah. yeah. And it was good. We've been on this now. Let's see. Over three years. Isn't that crazy? That is. We've been doing three these podcasts years. now. As of August, it was three years. Hmm. So there's lots of backlog stuff there to check out. Yeah. There's lots of good stuff. Get so, the pot stirred. To get the pot stirred, that's right. Yeah. Um, so tell us, what's yeah. on your heart tonight? <laughs> tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Do tell. Do tell. Hmm. It is due time. It's due time. All right. It should be good. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Let's, Go for it. Let's jump in. Jump in. All right. I've talked about this a little bit in the past, um, where about perception. I won't go a whole lot into that right now, just a little bit, as I lay a foundation for where we're going. Um, you know the story. That you would, you can go back and check it out about the sailboat with perception on the side of it that God put in front of me and you. That's quite a few years ago now, eh? Mm-hmm. Gee, I wonder what year that was. I 2005, know. I think. Well, Just came off the top of my head because I remember where we were roughly and mm -hmm. where we were at. So that is, holy smokes, mm -hmm. a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Perception is everything. It's how we see and understand progressive light until the fullness of the day or the perfect day. This is language, perfect day, fullness of the day. It comes from Proverbs, uh, the fullness comes from Proverbs 4.18, which says, the path of the righteous, or those in right standing with the Father, is like the light of dawn shining brighter and brighter until the full day. Until the full day. So the fullness of the day, the top of Jacob's ladder, the top of the mountain where Moses went, the seventh day, all of these give you an understanding of a journey. Thus, this show podcast is called The Journey, because it really is the journey out of darkness into the Father, into the fullness of the Father's heart and knowing Him and knowing yourself. And so it's a journey if you choose to allow your perceptions to change. They have to change as you go along. So that's what happens is, is as you begin to go through this progressive light. Isn't that just a normal state of growing in general? I think it is. I think it is. In our three-dimensional realm, your perceptions change from a child to an adult. Yeah, very good. You don't have the same one as a baby. You don't have the same one at two, four, things are always perceptionally changing in life. Yeah, and I, I think that the thing is that people don't always think that once you get older in numbers mm -hmm. that things there's much to learn perceptionally mm -hmm. in the realm of spirit. So that's like a parallel, if you will, Yeah, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because we're called children of God. 
doesn't matter whether you're 80. No. There's the children of God, but then there's the sons of God that will remove death and decay, it says in Romans 8, from the creation. So those are, the son of God there means a mature one, mm-hmm. right? Somebody that's grown or went up the jur- on the journey. Yeah, you've gained some wisdom, but never stop learning. But never stop learning. No. But you ascend into the light, into the Father. You walk out why Yeshua came onto the planet, what he did for us. You have to walk it out. Mm-hmm. You can't just stay in the complacent, complacent play, play, sorry, in the illusions that are around us. So, progressive light to the fullness of the day, or like Proverbs said, from the dawning early morning, where it's all shadows, mm-hmm. um, we see through a mirror dimly, that's what that is, yeah. till the fullness, till the sun's above your head, there's no shadow of turning, it's under your feet. And you see yeah. fully. That's where we are to go. So, mankind is a free mirror. According to the patriotic tradition, if we look at chaos, we will reflect chaos. That's all you'll see is chaos. And if we look at the light, we will reflect light. What we behold we become. That's what the scripture says. What we behold, we become. Now, I realize in the natural realm, it doesn't mean that if you um, are beholding um, an athlete, you become one. But in the spirit world, from the other realm, it does. So if we want to become like Jesus, we must behold him, see him, perceive him, become like him. And we do that by beholding him in the light. Right? Not by our actions of trying to be like him in our own strength, but by beholding we become like him. Because we wake up to who we really are. Mm-hmm. So if people wonder why their lives are in chaos and there's craziness at times going on around them, it's because that's what they're looking at within and it's coming all around them right right and we've talked about that before um from the aspect of uh from the aspect of uh, our past right we're doomed to repeat the past as long as we don't overcome uh or learn from it yeah, we must learn from it and change our lives, right? Yes, or we'll repeat history, right? Or we'll repeat history. Okay, so Pope Gregory the First said that only a prophet could understand the prophets. And it is said that only a poet could understand a poet. So who then must we be in order to understand Yeshua? Jesus. We must become sons. That's the whole premise of that. It is thus that each one of us has acted as if he were asleep. During the time when he was ignorant and thus he comes to understand as if he were awakening. 
and happy is the man who comes to himself and awakens. Indeed, blessed is he who has opened the eyes of the blind. That's the journey of awakening. That's the progressive light. That's Moses going up the mountain. That's Jacob on the staircase to heaven. We came naked into the world, and naked we'll leave it. It's important to remember this, not to be overwhelmed by it, but to refer to it to maintain a minimum of lucidity, that understanding of that of uh, continuing to be open and, and growing in understanding. It's not that we gave ourselves being by ourselves. We are but pure nullity, which is a thing of no importance or worth. And what that means is, in itself, in the physical third-dimensional realm of who we think we are, but the lucidity that comes from facing this hard truth will help us to vomit up our wine to escape the illusion and inflation of the ego. Then we can rediscover our true nature with a new mind and a new heart. It's coming out of the illusion of the third dimension and who we think we are and coming into the revelation or the lucidity of that we are a divine creation, a divine being, immortal, living in this body and this with this ego. This was what happened at the fall. But if we think this is all there is, and what he means by that is, you know, you go out, you get a great job, a career, you have a family, you get lots of money, and then you die. What was good? What was that? There's something far greater to this picture than what you think you can become. The Lord asked me one time, so if you were a doctor, this was back in the late 70s, he said to me, if you're a doctor and I, I asked you, uh, who are you? You'd say, I'm a doctor. But if I cut your hands off, he said, now what are you? Are you still a doctor? So who are you? See, you're not what you do. It's who you are. That was the whole thing he was trying to get to me. And then he made it practical for me when I was working in Kmart and receiving. And I was in the receiving department, and there were young kids coming into the um, <clears throat> management program that um, didn't basically know much at all, and were going to be making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I was 30. They were like 21. And it was like he said, so who are you? Are you what you do, or are you my son? And once I understood that, it didn't matter anymore. I understood I was there for people, and he placed me in that place to learn and to grow. Mm-hmm. And when that chapter was done, he released me. But I had to get over this issue of ego mm-hmm. needing to be recognized And all my identity was in what I was here in this third dimension. Mm -hmm. So it can be inflated or deflated, but neither's right. When your identity is in Christ, when you know who you are, and it's not by just quoting it, 
It's, again, progressive light as God brings us into this. That's why there's this inflation of the ego. Right. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So Yeshua said, and for anybody that's tripping a bit on that, that's the name of Jesus in Hebrew, the Hebrew name of Jesus. Yeshua said, I stood in the midst of the world and I revealed myself to them in the flesh. In the carnal world, he revealed himself. I found them all intoxicated. Not one of them was thirsty. And my soul grieved for the children of humanity, for they're all blind in their hearts. They do not see. They came naked into the world, and naked they'll leave it. And at this time, they're intoxicated. When they vomited their wine, they will return to themselves. So what is he talking about? Well, that intoxication or being drunk isn't got anything to do with alcohol. It's got to do with being intoxicated or drunk. In his love. It, well, in there with the things of the world, the oh. illusions in the world, which make us blind to who we are and who he is. Remember he said to me once, when you know who I am and who you are, then I'll build on that foundation. I have to know. I can't be just something I read in a book. It can't be something I just believe in my mind. It has to be an experience that I know that I know. And that's the journey mm -hmm. into the I know that I know. What does this all mean? That's why we're on here. That we're here to encourage people, to... Uh, challenge people that there's more there's more so that's what he's talking about when they vomited their wine that means when they finally understood and got rid of the intoxication with carnality and who's who in the zoo mm -hmm. then they'll return to who they really are themselves yeah there's something hidden that's really powerful there that he wants to uh, bring us into. So Luke, <clears throat> Luke uh, 12 says, Jesus says, I've come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Now, this is beautiful, I love this, because depending on the lens you're looking through, if you're looking through a Puritan lens of legalism, which most of us in the West have been taught, then we think that's judgment he's bringing into the world, you know, to burn up the bad people. Right. Keep the good, burn the bad. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but that's not what he's talking about at all. So he says, I wished it was blazing already. And then he says this, there's a baptism with which I must be baptized. And how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. This is where he was at that moment. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. I've come to set the earth on fire and how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with the fiery passion for God. 
But first, I must be immersed in the baptism of God's judgment. And I am, and I am consumed with passion as I await its fulfillment. Now, again, the word judgment there, what does it mean? What is it talking about? We've got to go into John 12, 49 and 50. It says, um, For I have not spoken on my own initiative, but the Father who sent me has given me a command, namely, what to say and how to say it. Now, a command is a judgment. He says, I know that his command is eternal life. Wow. So what I say is simply what the Father told me to say. So what he's talking about up there is there's this baptism he must go through, and he's talking about a judgment that he's consumed with, and he's talking about the fire of God's love. So a commandment is a judgment, and a judgment is a conclusion. When I make a judgment of something, I've made a conclusion. Like, for instance, let's just say uh, I, I look at a dog and I make a judgment. That's a dog. Now I've concluded that that is a dog. Right? Mm-hmm. It can't be something else. I'm not even open to it being anything else because I've made a judgment. A conclusion, do you see? This So judgment means conclusion. Yes. I've concluded. In other words, I've closed the door. That's why it says judge not, lest you be judged. We don't want to make conclusions. We're supposed to be as little children. You can't it's impossible to get into the kingdom of God. And I want to go in. It's impossible unless you become as a little child. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Child there is a wordless infant means you're teachable. So if you're not teachable, you've made a conclusion. You're not getting in. Mm-hmm. You need to be taught. We all do. We need our eyes of our hearts opened to see. It's the only way this works. And that's the purpose of the way. So Jesus came and he was baptized. His baptism is of death and resurrection to reveal the way. It was to reveal the way. Not to make you a better Christian, but to reveal the way. That's what he came to do. Mm-hmm. It's light shining in the darkness, which is the living word piercing our hearts and bringing light into our darkness, our blindness, and awakening us to something greater here that we didn't see. Yeah, It's amazing as he does that. Mm-hmm. Without it, I'm lost. Yeah. I'm left in my judgments and conclusions. And the command of the Father, the fire that's passionately was burning within Yeshua was, I want them to have eternal life. <laughs> and that's Zoe life, uncreated, that's immortality, indestructible, incorruptible. That's what Zoe is. That's what he was carrying. That's what the command of the Father was, called a judgment, to bring it. Because we're dying. In fact, the reality is, there's a word. People call it a cult. 
All a cult is is a culture, a group of people gathered around a belief system that create a culture. They're in a cult. That's what that means. And he came to break us out of the cult of death. The world is gripped in the cult of death. Otherwise, it wouldn't say in Romans 8 that the sons of God would um, deliver the cosmos, the whole creation, from death and decay. The final enemy is death. It isn't in, in, in somewhere in history for you and I. It's, it's in the journey. How do we know? Enoch walked through it. Elijah walked through it. John walked through it. Sundersai walked through it. They awakened fully to who they were and walked on. Out of the dark into the light. Mm -hmm. This is what it's about. Now, what I'd love to do is um, break open a couple of allegories. We've been doing that lately, remember? Yeah. We've been taking some of the allegories. The stories are allegories to tell us about us and about a truth. They're there for us, these stories. We've taken them as literal, like a history. And so in that, we lose what it's really all about. Yeah. Remember, literal, hint, allegorical, math. It's all there, the Hebraic uh, rabbinic understanding of how the word works. So let's look at Moses for a moment. Moses came up to a burning bush, and it said that the bush was on fire but not consumed. The word came to him and said, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. Now, the way I understood it through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was through this, God is holy, get off your shoes or he's going to burn you to a crisp. And um, be careful, right? So it was a fearful thing. Look out. And yet God didn't give us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. So what's that about? I don't know. It was always hard for me to look at New Testament and Old Testament and try to match this loving yeah. thing. I just, it just, I hated reading it yeah. <laughs> because it had so much fear in it. Well, because it's... Because you read it through that understanding. It's through that grid. It's yeah. the glasses we're wearing. Perception yeah. is everything. Yeah. And the people, many of the people that were teaching in those days were wearing those glasses. Mm -hmm. Legalism, and, and that's... And you just had to love the scripture no matter what they were saying. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah. For me personally, it was hard. So the Holy Spirit had to unpack it for us so that we could really understand what's there. Mm -hmm. So he was telling me about this, and he said, um, the burning bush wasn't outside, it was within Moses. Mm -hmm. Because, remember... The thing that got us blinded is the five senses living from the outside in the beast nature. When you wake up, where's the kingdom? Within. Yeah. So he meets God where? Within the kingdom. Moses is out there. He's been out there a long time, walking and seeking God and making the journey. Yeah. So he comes up 
before a bush within himself, and it's all on fire with the love of God. It's all on fire, and he's being seeing this, and yet it's not being consumed. It's not being burning. And so what do we know that burns like that and is not consumed? In the natural, what do we see? The sun. It's in the sky. Right. Notice it's there every day, and it's a ball of fire, and it's still there. It's been there my whole life. It's been there thousands and thousands, if not millions of years. So the fire, the sun in the sky is talking to us about the truth. The further you go from the sun, the less light and love. It's like we live off of light. If the light, the sun went out, we'd all die. Yes, and everything around us. And everything around us. And so it, it, he was telling us that the sun is representative of the planets are us moving from glory to glory to glory or perception to perception till we come to the sun, to live on the sun. That's a picture mm -hmm. of us coming into the Father who is uh, all-consuming, unconditional love. And it's showing he's seen the bush because uh, not being consumed because it was to become part of him, within him. There's something in us. The sun is actually inside us. It's within your heart. And it needs to explode and come awake. It's the divine spark. Mm -hmm. It's the philosopher's stone. It's the holy grail that, that people have spoke about. It's within us. And so, why does it say, take off your shoes? Because the way into this place is intimacy like a husband and a wife. Going into the bedchamber. Take off your shoes. Come in. Right? And it says, um, this is holy ground. Holy's not like the Puritans put it. Holy is whole and complete. Moses, you have made the journey, son, up Jacob's ladder. Come enter into the bedroom the bedchamber the bride and the groom come in here to be wed with me the fire of love come here you've arrived mm -hmm. that's what was happening with moses it wasn't this thing that we think it's an all-consuming fire of love that is who god is in fact the all-consuming love of God is called his wrath. Why? It consumes everything that is not love yes. to bring us back home. It burns up the chaff so that we can come back into that love, reunion, relationship between the bride and the, and the groom. That oneness. This is a picture of union in the Father. That's where we're being called back home. The other thing about the sun, do you notice that it comes up in the east, goes down in the west? That's because to come up in the east is gnosis, 
This is what came from the east. East and gnosis is experiential uh, knowledge. It's experiential knowledge, not informational knowledge. So the revelation comes from the east. As the sun coming up, remember Proverbs I read from glory to glory, and this this light begins to shine of the revelation of the experience of God, the experience, the gnosis of God. That's what that means, Mm -hmm. to come into that, and it goes down in the West. Why? There's darkness in the logic of the mind of man in his illusions. The West is permeated with illusions, religious illusions, Mm -hmm. because we're in darkness. That's what happened. And now this whole thing is awakening and bringing us to this place of light that we might understand what this means. Mm -hmm. Where did Jesus come from? The East. East. He didn't come from the West. No. Came from the East. And so there's a lot about him that we do not know because we've been given a Western mindset of who God is, mm-hmm. this, this legalistic God. This reminded me of um, a bunch of dreams you had many years ago. Um, I don't know if it was in the 90s. But you had a whole whack of them. And then you had another one a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you could share just a little bit about that. I think, again, allegorical pictures of this stuff. Well, if we're talking about how we viewed Revelation back in those earlier days of a lot of fear. So I had a lot of fearful dreams of tornadoes. Mm. But they were, oh, I had, I feel like I had one a week almost. But I was always um, in fear with them. They were coming to destroy. I was running for safety. I was trying to gather the families together all the time and mm-hmm. and just hope that the wrath of God was not going to fall upon us. But right. it was through the tornado. It was just going to come and rip everything up, destroy everything we had, and I had to run for safety. Right? And right. I had that on a weekly basis. Just Pretty scary, eh? It was. It was getting to be, oh my gosh, not another tornado <laughs> Come on. Like, they were so real. The feelings that you'd wake up with and be consumed with it throughout the day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that went on for some time. And then... And even, like, trying to protect the children. Did you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the kids were small in the dream. Yeah. And it was like, you know, the mother hand had to... Yeah, get there and protect them from the destruction. And if you think about it, during the '80s, it was a big influx again of, uh, you know, the late great planet Earth. Um, well, so I mean, revelation. The was revelation being taught of with, the end of the world, the judgment and the end of the world. Yes, yes. And you know, I was supposed to be a smiling <laughs> Christian and and bring people into the kingdom yeah. and tell them, guess what. Guess what your future looks <laughs> They're like. They're loving you in here, but yeah. hey, it isn't going to be so good in the end. No. If you're lucky, you'll get raptured out. But yeah, yeah, it was not really a nice gospel. No, was it? No, it's not good news. No. And then, do you want me to tell the one later on? Yeah, yeah, like just a couple the, of years. Right? So down, you know, through growing and um, revelation and different changes that we've walked through, I had the one um, tornado dream, and I was sitting on the beach, and 
up in Godrich there and I I looked out into the water and I saw this tornado coming from the distance but a lot had changed within me at this time in yeah. my life and I just stood there there was absolutely no fear and I, I so I got up off the beach and I started to walk towards the water I walked right out onto the water and I jumped up in the air and I leapt into the center of the tornado into the very eye into the eye of it and i was dancing and spinning and turning and i was like oh my gosh this is the best place to be there's no fear here i was at perfect peace i wasn't even afraid when that tornado came towards me so i right. was able to just be at peace in the center of that storm now the other thing i didn't know if you said it at the beginning was when you were standing there your hair was blowing no, that was another dream. Oh, okay. Sure, that, that one. That one was the one of jumping into the eye. The other one was mm. uh, a tornado coming, but I was aware it was coming from the east. Yes. And that's because the way my hair was blowing in the dream, and, and I was made very aware, this wind is coming from the east, this tornado. Right. And again, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get the kids. But it was, a, you know, trying to gather everything up again. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't till a little bit later on um, when we were talking about it. We're like, "Oh my gosh, this whole revelation and teachings yes. really started." They were the truth coming from the east, wasn't yes. it? That yes. has been buried. It's like um, digging up the treasures and the pearls. Yeah, that were hidden all those years, but we just seen it one way. Yeah, right. It's been unfolded allegorically, and yeah, and so the dreams were allegorical, telling you something. Yeah, right. And um, it was a picture, I believe, that's already begun, but is going to intensify. And that was the tornado was coming. It was God mm -hmm. that He was coming to tear and root up everything that's not Him, and He was coming with the revelation from the east. Yes. to destroy a Western Mindset, illusion. Which I carried. Yes. Because I grew up in it. So did I. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's a personal... I've been in that tornado, man. <laughs> it was a personal dream for yeah. me, and it did happen. I mean, yeah, what it really meant came to pass. Yeah. It, it did tear up all the, the um, lies and the things that were not true that kept me in fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was never more excited than when the unfolding of the real meaning of some of the scriptures started to happen. It was just like all that fear just started to melt off and yeah. and the works mentality. And wow, I mean, how many souls did I get saved in my lifetime? I was going to be pretty low on the totem pole because <laughs> I yeah. was not the evangelist that I right. should have been. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't God good? Yeah. I didn't have a lot of like jewels in my crown or anything no <laughs> we didn't been, look very good trust we've me. been in slavery and not knowing it yeah so this this tornado was coming from the east and it's a sun coming up from the east in the morning and it's going to come the light increasing it for me it started in 2005 it removed the shadows it begins to strip away the shadows but it did remove the shadows as it came up yeah up, yeah right yeah there was no more shadows to the fullness of the day it was like i can see clearly now yes the rain, rain has come <laughs> it's gone it's gone <laughs> <laughs> and so the the idea is though that storm begins to root up doctrines of demons absolutely carnal understanding 
yeah. that we've all ran around, chicken little, chicken little, the sky is falling, until we can come into the truth through the experience, the kiss of God, knowing him, the kiss mm-hmm. of God, intimate experience, you begin to know what's real and what's not, mm-hmm. what's true. And in that place, in the eye, that's in within his eye, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's where his eye is upon you, and he's bringing revelation single-eyed, the scripture says. You must be single-eyed, mm-hmm. that you can't be double-minded. Mm-hmm. Single-eyed, there was peace. Yes. There was joy in the midst of a storm. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> one of the questions here was, we'll take a moment, uh, say hi to everybody. It's good to have everybody on and uh, looking forward to even those that will come on afterwards post journey and enjoy what uh, we're doing here and sharing. But there's a question that says, so how does uh, one not see or be affected by chaos when it's everywhere without living in a bubble or or, um, or being dragged up by it, I think, uh, so you're like a zombie. Well, what that explained a moment ago was what well, we are the ones that cause the chaos because we're mirroring it. Out of the heart, the scripture says, flows the issues of life. It says, as a man thinks, so he is. That means you and I are creators and we in the in the respect that we're like our dad and in the respect that's what we're learning here is that as i think and believe that i'm you know fearful and then things will come around me to mirror to me what i believe so fearful stuff comes mm-hmm. but how do i change that by looking into the light. And what's the light? The revelation of the Father. And what's the Father say about me? I've not given you a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. Son, complete love casts out all fear. Walk in me. Walk in the light as I am in the light. And as we do, guess what? You can walk through the storm. Remember? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire and didn't even smell like smoke. Well, I think, too, if I could just say that dream that I had with the tornado yeah. and jumping into the middle of it, Externally, that was chaos. Yeah. Because all in my previous all dreams, around I was, yes, on the external part, I was running mm-hmm. in fear, and then there was a change. Right? Yeah. Then I was able to go into the center of it, even though chaos was still going on around me, but within me, you were I was looking at things differently. Yes. Yes. I can't control, like, externally in the world, all the stuff that's constantly going on. But no, I because can, what, people, what's going on around me on how I react and respond to right. that, right? It's like a whole bunch of people with an expectation of something, and then it begins to happen, and they wonder why, and then they find all the reasons why, and they live in the storm, mm-hmm. right? It's called practicing the presence. We have to practice the presence. We have to come into the agape love of God, and then he'll bring us up higher, and you'll see things as they really are, and the sons are remove things. So once you get into a place, you'll be able to change history. Mm-hmm. That's what the sons of God will do. But first, you have to come up here. You have to walk where he is. You have to come into heaven and live out of heaven on earth. 
that's how you make it happen. Mm-hmm. But you got to first, what? Metanoia, change your mind. Yeah, it has to start with us. It has to start with us. Mm-hmm. I must ascend before I can descend. I must understand what's going on in my own heart and life. Yes. That's what I'm responsible for. I'm responsible to get married. That's what I'm responsible to do in the spirit. Mm -hmm. To understand what that's all about. The great mystery Paul the Apostle talked about, right? So here's another allegory. Let's talk about, just for a moment, about the upper room. The disciples waited in the upper room, it says. And all of a sudden, a mighty wind blew inside the upper room. Because they went to the upper room, by the way. A wind was blowing in the room. And then tongues of fire descended upon what? Their heads. And then they began to speak, it says, in tongues or heavenly languages. And then they went outside And it says, and the people heard them through their own language. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were speaking all these different languages. The people heard, like if there was a Frenchman, he would heard French. This is what it is in the natural. Um, You know, if a guy was from Armenia, he heard it in Armenia, whatever that is. Um, Russian from Russia, correct? Mm -hmm. So, get this. They're in the upper room. The upper room is the top of the mountain for Moses, Jacob's ladder. They've ascended in God. And when they're there, a mighty wind blows from within them. And what is that? It says that Jesus never used the word spirit. The word for spirit in the original Aramaic is wind or breath. So they experienced the very life of God. We're talking beyond presence now to the very life, the very lightning of God within them is moving like a mighty rushing wind within them. And then tongues of fire rest where? On their heads. Remember Jesus died on the skull Mm -hmm. to renew our minds? Well, all of a sudden, a heavenly language Remember, what is God? An all-consuming fire. So the language of heaven is love. The fire of love renewed their minds at this point, brought them into the heavenly realm. They he went. Was, through, he was speaking a heavenly language to yes, their minds. To their minds. Now they could hear him. Yeah. And they were moving in the life of God. One, Jesus said, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and we're one. This is what was happening to them. They came down. It's called descending where the people are. And when they spoke, people heard them through their own perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were in a certain revelation of God, you would hear that perception of what Peter was saying. But if you lived at a far distance from the sun on Pluto, that means you still were very literal, Mm -hmm. then you would think Peter was speaking something literal. Right. See, it all is perceptional. That's what those languages are. Mm -hmm. It's, It's your ability to hear God to the degree 
you know him and understand what he's saying. That is what the upper room's all about. That's the allegorical picture of the upper room. It's amazing. Once you see it, you begin to understand this is where we're going. And that's when the power came. That's when the power came, when the two became one. Right. There's a, yeah, I won't go there. Yes. But it was obviously an unfolding of this is who you are. This yeah. is where you've come from. You're plugged in here. You're plugged in. Right? You know That's who you are. That's why they could leave and go out into the natural yes. places and do the miracles because they were carrying the power they of were, God. And the fire. The revelation. Yeah. They had the fire of love. So their words were activated now and piercing the hearts of the hearers. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening. But still, people would still hear it from where they are. Yeah. Yes. And then you'd help them begin to step up one step at a time up the stairway to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> in your very center, this is what John the Baptist said, in your very center, there is someone you do not recognize. These are the people these disciples recognized in the upper room. It said John the Baptist to his disciples. In our very core, there is a presence that needs to be recognized and affirmed. Seeking and finding means being more and more open to the gift that's always been ours. That gift is the divine uh, life of God that's within each one of us that's like the sun. Mm -hmm. It brings life. It's light exploding within us, right? Yeah. So in the fourth century CE, CE Gregory of Nicaea said, this is big, concepts create idols of God, of whom only wonder, wonder can tell us anything. The Greek philosophical tradition also saw wonder and astonishment as the beginning of wisdom. In our own time, Einstein remarked that only idiots are capable of wonder. We might define idiots as those who forsake their quest, thinking that they already know. They've made a conclusion, a judgment. They're living within that framework. Right? right. That's what he's talking about. <clears throat> So I believe it was in the Gospel of Philip. I'm not positive on that. I'd, I'd need to look this up. I know that I read it. It said that the name Yeshua cannot be translated. Now, what does he mean by that? Because we call him Jesus, which is a Greek name. We don't realize how Greek we really are. Greek and Roman, mm -hmm. right? That's why we call him Jesus. And does Jesus have a problem with that? No. But what does it mean that his name can't be translated? Well, it means he came from above in spirit. He came from the life of God. He is the life of God. And he came from the East. And every concept we create, such as Western understanding of Jesus, is an idol. Mm. It's just an idol. It's not who he really is. 
You see, as soon as we make a conclusion, this is who he is, this is the rapture, this is this, this is this, and this is this, mm -hmm. we're worshiping an idol. It's not even who he is. Right. Because he is Eastern, first of all, so he doesn't think like us Westerners. He wasn't taught by the Greeks and the Romans, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so he wants to bring, he's the why the tornado's coming. Yeah. To take out and rip out these idols that we've well, we've built and created. Yeah. We for instance, I'll give you an example. We created a God of wrath because of us having a victim mentality. We want justice. Yeah. So we create a God of justice and judgment. Mm -hmm. That's the big one in the West. Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy? Jesus comes and he reveals grace and deals with the whole Jewish thing and it's taken right to the ground. Mm -hmm. The temple is burnt to the ground. They plow up the field. There's nothing. You can't even tell it was ever there in 70 AD. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? Well, we take Jesus and reconstruct legalism. Yeah. Rome reconstructed Constantine, this whole structure that we believe today in the West. Yeah. So, God of wrath is because victims want justice. We all feel like victims, don't we? Yeah. The Jews didn't speak his name. Why? You remember how it was in the Old Testament? They said they wouldn't even say his name. It's too sacred. But what does that mean? It meant to do that would put him in a box. Oh, he's a dog. Oh, it's a dog. Oh, he's a cat. He's a cat. Oh, he's... Jesus of Nazareth, the guy that looks like the Swede from Sweden. Mm -hmm. Blue eyes, brown hair. Nope, sorry. <laughs> Try again. Right? Yeah. It's that's Hollywood. So we've put him in a box. That's what the Jews said. You can't give him a name. He's unknowable in the mind of man, is what they mean. Mm -hmm. But he's knowable through the experience of gnosis of the heart. Yeah. So we can know the Father through the revelation of experience, through gnosis, that's what that means, of our hearts. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's cool. But not in our minds. We want to create something. It's no different than if you think about it. Moses came down the mountain. He breaks the law because we'd broken it. And it was spiritual. It wasn't what we think. And then what did he find? What did they do? They created a calf. Mm -hmm. Of course, they still believed in God. They believed in Moses. He just went up the mountain. But they created a calf. It's a picture. They created something they could see in their minds. Yeah. And what did they do? They took their jewelry, Back all the their third, money. Third dimension thinking. That's it. They took all their wealth and their money, melted it all down. It's a picture of our Western religion. And even though he broke the law, the tablets, right? Yep. Yeah. They still didn't get it. No. They still went and did some more works. So. Right. Yeah. So we got all this stuff going on. We think that that was then. Mm -hmm. We got the golden calf over here. We just don't know it is. That's yeah. the tornado coming out of the east. Mm -hmm. Is coming to take apart some of this stuff. Think of it. Repentance is a Catholic term of penance. It doesn't exist. It's not a biblical world word at all. John the Baptist said, Matanoia 
which meant change your mind from carnality to spirit and look the other way. You missed the mark. Mm -hmm. You missed the mark. That's Hebraic understanding. That's why Jesus was crucified on the skull, right? To reveal these things to us. It wasn't that uh, we were to uh, feel bad, even though you do. It's not that we are to continue to stay there because um, if I'm sin conscious, which is really separation, I stay there. But if I'm Christ conscious, if I believe in the cross and what he did, and all my sin was removed, well, then I am now Christ conscious. I shouldn't keep bringing up sin. Mm-hmm. You got, you're, you're a saint or a sinner. Take your pick. Can't be both. Sorry. Got to be one. Pick one. And then believe. And let God reveal. Mm-hmm. So in our time, I think in the 40s, I think it was 1945, something like that, these books were found in a place in Egypt near a place called the uh, Neg Neg Hamadi. I think there was about 45 or 47 books. I'm not completely positive. 45 or 47. But these books were hidden. They'd been, they're now being revealed more and more in our day. I mean, people have known about it since then. But in our day, it's really starting to gain a bit of momentum in the last 10 years, 5, 10 years. And still most, lots of people don't or they're against because they still believe Constantine. And so they're coming from the East. Religion burned all them that they could find. It was Constantine yeah. that was having them burnt. But there were some hidden, and they're now available. Some have fragments, but some of them are all in, te- in all there. And they've changed our translations, English translations. They've messed with them. Why? to control our minds, to keep us under fear, to their creation of a God of judgment for power and money. It's called a business. Mm -hmm. It's a business model. And it's everywhere. Here's an example. Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. Really? Yeah. They said she was. There's a reason they said she was. And it was a pope that did this. She was an apostle of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about her for a moment. She washed his feet to prepare for the burial. Mm -hmm. She was at the foot of the cross with his mother. Mm -hmm. He appeared to her first at the tomb. Mm. She was carrying great revelation and was very close to him very close to him but they wanted to keep men in power it's called a society or a community organized on patriarchal lines women were to be possessions and had no authority and you'll find today still within the uh church worldwide, you will see a lot of denominations still that don't believe a woman should be in the pulpit, or they don't believe she should have a place to speak. Mm -hmm. Lies, 
based on a deception by a pope to keep this in place in order to keep control of the masses instead of letting women because we're equal there's no difference we're equal mm -hmm. have a voice isn't that disgusting yeah and that's just one spot there's many of this stuff in there mm -hmm. that god is now revealing that's the tornado mm -hmm. coming to wake us up to these truths i <clears throat> i recommend some books to start with out of the east um the gospel of thomas is an amazing gospel amazing gospel that in itself will stretch you seek and keep on seeking seek until you find and when you find he said you will be uh first you will be disturbed because you're gonna it's gonna mess with your belief system but then you will be astonished it says and you will overcome death this is thomas mm -hmm. and we say we call him we were taught that thomas is the doubting one mm -hmm. no thomas was the questioning one you have a bunch of friends there's always that guy is what are you doing that for why are you doing that because they want to know yeah. that's thomas then think about this Yeshua is raised from the dead. Thomas sticks his arm into the side of the Creator. What did he see at that moment when he had his arm inside the Creator? Yeah. To the day afterwards, history tells us his arm still remained in a place in Europe where people went and by the droves and were healed. Yeah. Thomas wasn't the doubting dude that we think. He was the guy that was having experiential revelation from the light that was within Yeshua. He was the guy that was answering your questions. Look, yes. he is him. He is Look him. Look at this, guys. Yes. yes. <laughs> so the Gospel of Thomas is amazing. I encourage you, if you can get or read it. There's the Gospel of Philip. I love that one, too. That one will stretch you, but it's so good. It's so good. I've read it probably three or four times now, just really uh, and allowing the Lord to open my eyes and help me see truth, bring me into the truth, to help me understand the Gospels we have. Mm -hmm. Then there's the Gospel of Truth. Then there's the Book of the Living. And then there's the Gospel of Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene wrote a book and it was a revelation jesus came to her after the resurrection afterwards to speak to her and gave her understanding deep understanding about god dwelling within us not up in the sky somewhere like we think he does mm -hmm. but what it means so <clears throat> the meaning of the sabbath is extremely important to the jews after the time of work of doing possessing we must take the time to sit before god and simply be we call this in our day meditation we call it in the 1500s pondering it's the same thing waiting being still and knowing 
who God is. The theme of repose, repose is to rest, is just as important to Gnostics. At last, thinking and feeling are united in the consciousness that animates all things. We all have it. And we can find true repose in that, in the place of thinking and feeling as we're still in God. That's why he said, be still and know that I am God. To love is to discover that we are loved. In every act of love, there's a participation in a love that is given to us and which offers us participation in its life because God is love. He is love. This is what the Apostle John means when he says, whoever loves dwells in God and God dwells in them. For God is love. To be able to truly love even a dog or a flower is always a grace. Hell is the absence of love. The loss of the power to love. Can't imagine. To know ourselves, to know that we are known. We are known. We've always been known. That's what's wild about this. It says that we see through a mirror dimly, but then face to face we will know as we've been known. Mm-hmm. Dad knows us. Yeah. It's us that has amnesia. We need to know who we are and that divine life inside of us called the love of God, the all-consuming fire the sun exploding inside of us, the power source of all created things. When we recognize that all humans that ever lived, that live or will live, all are passing through this thing called duality, to know this reality, to wake up. So, We need to walk in an unconditional love because they're blind. As we were blind, as we are blind to a degree, depending on who we are. When Peter came out, the rock of revelation Mm -hmm. to speak from the upper room with fire. (laughs) That is where we are right now. And it's all around us, and we hear through where we live, depending how far from the sun, what planet you're on, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Distance. So, to know ourselves, to know that we're known, is also to discover ourselves reborn. That's what born again is at that point. Each of us, child of the living one, flame of the fire, child of the wind. Not to know ourselves is to fall short of ourselves, to live in vain, to arise and disappear 
like a fog from breath on a glass. It's vanity. It just disappears. Mm -hmm. We don't have to. We can know. A phrase spoke commonly today that I've heard a lot is love wins. And I was thinking about this one day, and the Lord said to me, I would say love won. But until we become love, it hasn't yet won in us. Because we must become love, sacred unity in the Father and all that is. Remember, all things were created in Christ, by Christ, for Christ, through Christ. We are to all come into that one sacred unity once again with our individuality, but yet so unified in love that we're one, mm -hmm. right? Love your neighbor as yourself because it is you. <laughs> Be able to love people. This is what the reconciliation of all things in Christ is. The reconciliation of all things in Christ. That's what the Father's doing. Mm -hmm. And we can get on board with it, understand the book of Revelations is your journey, mm -hmm. not a play-by-play -play of the end of the world, so that we can all be fearful. Mm -hmm. But come into union with God, know God, jump into the eye of the tornado. Yes. Otherwise, it, you're going to get overcome by everything being torn up around you. Mm -hmm. And it will be. And you'll, well, yeah. That's God's plan. Mm -hmm. He wants to tear out. That's the wrath of God, remember? To remove everything that's not love so that we might know him and come home mm -hmm. back into that place. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. And we're one. Mm-hmm. Jesus was telling us a truth about ourselves. But until we come into the experience, the gnosis of that, mm -hmm. it's just information, and it seems way out there. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. Any thoughts? How are we doing for time? Because I don't. We're uh, running past. How much? 8.12. Oh, not too bad. Beautiful. All right. Uh, hmm. That's right. God is love. God is spirit. Thank you, Chrissy. If we don't love, we don't know God. And that's not just for people like us in the cult that we're in, whatever culture that is. That's about everybody, everywhere, because God is in all things. Yeah. And... Um, Whatever I do to the least of these, I do to him. Mm -hmm. So until I understand that, and when it becomes an experience, we start to experience that. Wow. That's when things really get fun. When you begin to have the experience of that sacred unity that Yeshua spoke about. Yeah. All right. So I hope everybody enjoyed that and that stretched them a little, and that's a good thing. If anybody has any more questions, <clears throat> we'll take a second before we end. Beautiful. Well, bless everybody.
Have a great night and uh, jump into the eye of the tornado. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Bless you guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye.